Welcome to the Skies Were Under podcast, hosted by me, Rachel Wright. This podcast is created by and for parents of people with disabilities and the many practitioners who support us. It's just for all of us who are trying to get from one end of the week to the other whilst bridging the gap between the life we expected and the one we're actually living. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm the founder and director of Born at the Right Time. I have an eldest son with very complex disabilities who loves pointless swimming and an eclectic taste in music. Today, we are sharing with you a special live event that we recorded on the 18th of May as a little bonus episode at the end of season two. And I'm joined by my wonderful friend, Sarah Clayton, the CEO of Simple Stuff Works, who's also the parent of four and has an eldest daughter who is the survivor of a brain tumour at the age of six and lives with some complex disabilities and is a beautiful, wonderful 20, oh, is she 21 or 22? Hmm. Well, she's older. She's a grown up. And she's doing exciting things, which you'll hear more about in this episode, along with a discussion on puberty, sex, trying to get PAs. It's all there. And we have some special guests, as in the people who attended our live event. You will hear them also. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Skies Ronda podcast. This is a special edition of the Skies Ronda podcast because we are live with some people on Zoom. Thank you for joining us, everybody. And I'm here with Sarah Clayton. Hello. But we have no Lucy. No, we have no Lucy. So Lucy has had a really rough couple of weeks and she said today, I just do not have the spoons for tonight. And we are firmly of the opinion that if you don't have the spoons, you don't have to share the spoons that you have. So that's all good. But we love you, Lucy. Yes, we love you, Lucy. Um, But we're looking after ourselves and taking control of the things that we can control. And this is one thing that she can say, nope, not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And so we are advocating that. Mrs. Clayton, tell us how you are. I'm all right. I'm okay. I have got myself a therapist. <laughs> I found somebody who yeah. is willing to listen to me and I only have to pay Are them. Are you having to pay them a lot of money <laughs> just Not to really. listen to your... Everybody else gets to listen to your drones for free on here, but someone gets paid oh, to do it. Yeah, but, but, but I'm going to be held accountable for my moaning. Oh, so... Dear. That's what I need, I think. I think I've gone to a place. So I'm taking B tomorrow morning for her third, like, little trial thing at the residential college. So she's going tomorrow morning. She's, she's been twice. She's going for her third one, and she has surgery next week. And so then June is out, which is fine. But, yeah, I thought I do need to work out what the hell I'm going to do with myself because I've realised that 16 and 17 years of – I don't know how long it is – 16 years, something like that – and I've got myself into a panic that I've got no idea who I am, what I do, what I like, where I go, who, like because I do everything around around her. So that sent me into a tizzy. And then I, after listening to Joanna's podcast with you. So Joanna Griffin. Yeah, Joanna Griffin's. Yes, the um, well-being. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well-being guru. It's very good that I wasn't recording with you on that one because I would just cried at her the whole time. So I just <laughs> will you listen to me, please? Joe, can I have can I have your email as well, Joe? <laughs> She'd be like, No, you cannot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got on Affinity Hub and I thought I just need to get a grip. Because I've had the book, I've had Joe's book 
on my bedside table. I've got menopausing and I've got Joe's book sitting next to me that I think by osmosis through the night, I'm going to gain their wisdom. It hasn't happened so far, but no, I got on the, I got on the affinity hub website, Mm -hmm. found myself a local therapist who is experienced with working with parent carers, met her for the first time last week and she's just lovely. So you've, you've increased your tissue order. Yes. Yeah. yeah I was, <laughs> you do one of those Amazon subscribes where it's just like, well, just deliver a box every day that you've got your therapy. This is it. But she said to me, we went, because it was just to meet her, first of all, just to check that she thinks that she can sort something out in here that she has got, <laughs> she realizes there's potential for like cleaning this up. And um, to see if I, you know, if I For got those that can't stuff. see, Sarah's basically gesticulating around her forehead. I assume that's to do with her brain. Her frontal lobe <laughs> needs sorting. And then um, she said, to, so tell me why you've come here today. Well, <laughs> did you just start crying? Because yeah. if somebody said that to me, that's yeah. all I'd do. I'd go, oh, thank yeah. you for caring. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't think I'd be held older together. Three quarters of an hour later, she was sort of standing at her door with it open. <laughs> Doing all the things like, oh. thank you very much. This is the way out. Can you, can you, and I was like, your parking okay. must have expired by now, surely. Yeah. yeah, we did all that. Did all that. But anyway, how are you? Yes. Okay. So oh, there's lots of sad stuff going on in my family and it's really tricky and it's really sad. And I am... I guess in a different version to you and to Lucy, but same sort of thing, I'm just trying to control the stuff that I can control and to create the margins in my life the way I can. And I'm pretty rubbish at it, but I'm continuously pursuing the ideal that I want to live a life that I aspire my children to have. So I don't want to be sort of modeling for them a lack of fun a lack of balance a lack of some some bizarre self-martyrdom-esque version of living I want them to see what what mess I mean I'm not saying it's all lovely and hunky-dory and whatever like they will have crap happen and they can fall apart and they can be picked up with by people and loved by people and I'm try and invest more time in my relationship with my husband actually quite like him but I realize that takes time and work and effort because I realize my default probably in our pursuit you know the way we joke and talk often like just keep me busy and then I won't feel anything (laughs) let's just do all these things that in doing so I can very often and the irony that we're recording this eight o'clock at night and therefore I'm not spending time on with my family but that I very often they get the dregs of my time and energy I do that yeah and the dregs of strangers yeah strangers get good great stuff they get me at work they get me like that this is what we're doing lucky strangers and I come home yeah I come home to the people that I love most and I've got no words left and I'm just a bit knackered So I'm trying really hard to protect time with the people that I love the most, really, and create margins where I can. Has anybody got any tips for margins? Anyone? Yeah, just some brilliant. No, there's Tracy, that just face everybody just, just basically shook their head. 
I'm just like, no, <laughs> no, no, no idea. No, there aren't any. No, no. idea. No, okay. So this is actually a question... It's actually a question that Dawn sent in um, by messenger, and John asked, "How do you manage your stress levels when there's too much to do? Are you trying to, when you're trying to care for your young adult, or professionals want your time, and sometimes there isn't time for self care that people so helpfully advise us to have? Any quick tips and quirky ideas? We all want that, don't we? We all want like a tablet <laughs> or a magic wand or three tips that means it's going to work. And I think." Sometimes I we've talked about this in the in this there's a sort of well-being episode that we did in season one, and your beautiful wisdom that I um, pawn off as my own frequently, Sarah, about pruning rather than planting. You know, taking stuff out. And sometimes what I do is I think, if I got arrested, <laughs> or if I got really really sick, and and I couldn't do anything, what would have to be taken up by other people and what would actually just naturally die do you know what I mean what Mm. what is stuff that other people could do what is stuff that actually just doesn't need to be done and what's the stuff that's like has to happen yeah because so often I get so caught up in the fights and the details and the things that need to be done and actually when it boils down to it I'm really holding tight to the wrong things And I could actually, you know, if I was suddenly sick, they just wouldn't be important anymore. If one of my children became suddenly sick, they wouldn't be important anymore. So what are those things? And I'm actually moving my body more. I'm doing a bit more exercise. And again, I realized that that I've used all the excuses in the past of not to do that. And I keep coming back to it being down to me that I'm responsible for my my deciding what's important and what I mm. put time and effort into. And there are absolutely seasons when, especially when things are really kicking off, that you just have to just do the things, but they've got to be short term. And so how do you, how do you just say, nope, this is a thing that's important for me now? and drink gin whilst pretending to work on a podcast this is an option cheers charlotte right tracy will you please tell us about what you've put into the chat so tracy has said that she's created an if i die book and we're all gonna just bask in her wisdom tracy tell us literally is that because we just do everything don't we we're we're always spinning all the plates and I kind of think if I died would anybody even know what they needed to do what the medical history is who were due to see when and why do you know that is a bloody good idea I love it even down to how the direct payments work and what bank account it's with and how you do the payroll and so I thought if I die and then at the end of it, it actually says what I want my funeral to be. I don't want one, basically. It's not for you, though, let's be honest. You're dead. No. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't really understand funerals, I'll be, I'll be quite truthful. Oh. Yeah, I don't really understand why we need to publicly display ourselves on the most difficult day. So for me, I just want it to be, I'm at the rest term and when people need to say goodbye to me and they're happy that they've seen me for the last time, they can like take her away. My only thing I don't want is I don't want to be left out in the cold. 
So my ashes need to be somewhere in the home where I can go with my family. (laughs) Toasty warm, somewhere toasty warm. That takes a lot of pressure off a lot of people, doesn't it? You know, I want some big wailing, actually. I think in my funeral, I want I want the absolute opposite of Tracy. You can all be dignified at Tracy's sort of gentle sending off. And I want you to come howling to my funeral for like three days. I want you to all wear black for at least 12 weeks. I just want you to be absolutely pissed off that I've died. So there you go. If I die book. Great idea. Maybe just writing that would a highlight just how much flipping stuff that you do. If you do the If I Die book, A, you get to see how much stuff you do and B, maybe look at, does this have to be done? Like, is this, mm. is, is this a plate that anyone cares about, including myself? And if not, then why am I still spinning it? at the right time we're passionate about improving the lives of people with complex disabilities whether it's through supporting their family cpd certified training for practitioners or influencing policymakers and providers to turn rhetoric into reality you can find out more about our work whether it's book on a parent workshop attend a live podcast event or check out our range of practitioner training in communication collaboration and personalized care by visiting our website www.bornattherighttime.com I've just remembered that I have in the past two days it's only 48 hours worth of wisdom okay so I I can't say that I can't attest to it being like a long-term strategy that's worked well for me but for two days now (laughs) two two whole days days, two days this has been my thing for trying to create a bit of a margin is every day I have a to-do list do you like you all have Mm to-do lists like I've got to get this stuff done and what I have realized is that I write a to-do list in the morning and I spend the entire rest of the day avoiding what's on the to-do list because what's on the to-do list is really dull. It's so boring (laughs) and I don't want to do it, but it's the stuff I've got to do. Yeah. But it's on there and I get to the end of the day and I think, oh, I didn't get that done. Oh, I didn't get that. Oh, God, I'm such a martyr to the fact that I didn't get it all done and I didn't get it. And so the past two days, I worked so hard all day. I haven't stopped. My ass hasn't hit the the sofa all day and I'm exhausted and and I still have got all this stuff on my to-do list. And I've realised it is because I don't want to do it. The things that are on there are things that I know I've got to do, but I just don't want to do it. So for two days, I have been like properly sitting down and thinking, right, just like, like, the dishwasher's broken. It's been broken for a while. Sort the bloody dishwasher out. Yeah. That involved getting my husband. I told him it was going to cost £200 to repair it. And that soon got him underneath the sink, sorting out the stuff. At the-, <laughs> <laughs> the man's going to cost £200 yeah. if the man get in the your, house doesn't start Get your backside underneath that, underneath that sink and start sorting out. And it has been sorted out. So I've ticked that off my to-do list. So, it's, so maybe that's it. Maybe I. Maybe um. I don't know that you can say you ticked that off your to do list. I think Steve ticked that. I off coordinated your to-do list. that. I coordinated that. Actually, <laughs> I coordinated it. God, got the smell. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah. But I think that's really true. I think there's certain things that hang over me, like the wills and trusts has been flagged at the top of my mm. email things. And there's those things that hang around. And like, especially when we get like when we get forms like PIP forms through or DLA forms through or things like that, I, they have a really quick turnaround in my house because I know it's like the weight of that thing yeah. in the corner of my kitchen is so heavy yeah. and takes up way more space. 
in my heart and my mind and my stress yeah. that actually get it out in the box, done. I've got a Word document that has got like the answers to all of those sorts of questions that I can then copy and paste over. If I get a new one, I copy and paste them over. Yeah, I know. Clever. Deb's Deb's Asplund has got amazing stuff, hasn't she, around paperwork. Do people know life is planned? So Deb's Asplund, A-S-P-L-A-N-D, has the most monumentally fabulous online shop with loads of paperwork for parent carers. So organisers and fabulous like journals and stuff and notes for meetings and on the front it says things like um yes I'm one of those parents which I just (laughs) just some fabulous stuff that you just wish that you'd got the balls to sit in a meeting and yeah it's all on zoom I'd have to I'd have to be like this with my with my book (laughs) let me just see what I think about this and put your book right up against the screen cool we'll put that in the show notes when uh, this comes out and share that out Fantastic. Okay. Another question from a different Tracy, I think, saying, would love to hear more about your experiences of acceptance and transition. He said there was any acceptance or transition going on. (laughs) Especially how Sarah has coped with the acceptance of a daughter wanting to go to residential college, especially after the initial failings during the daughter's diagnosis, etc. It's really hard to learn to have faith and trust again. Having personal struggles would love to to hear your wonderful honest and experienced ladies for tips and well it's very kind of you saying that wonderfully honest and experienced but experienced does that just mean we're old yes sarah it will always be older than me just to note yes like a couple um, of months <laughs> tips she and wisdom let it go <laughs> tips and wisdom go okay. on then tips and wisdom how's how's that acceptance going sarah Oh, God. So don't ask me how I feel. Three quarters of an hour of crying is what you'll get. So when B first said that she wanted to move out and she wanted to move away, um, she'd already done like a year of being out of education because education was just shocking, like awful. So we'd taken her out and she was going to a day service, which was okay, but it wasn't right. You know, it wasn't kind of the right thing. And then she got it, she just was like, I want to move out because she was meeting with people who were living in supported living and stuff like that. And I thought that this was a really good idea, okay? I thought the best thing possible was for her to live in the garden. I got plans drawn up. I got, I worked out how to do it. I worked out like what it would cost in order to build a little self-contained place in the garden. And so she could live independently. And she just... (laughs) independently in inverted colours. Independently. But I am so lucky because, number one, she's feisty, and number two, she is able to tell me what it is that she wants. And so my my gut reaction, Tracy, I'm like, left my own devices, there would be a little house in the garden and I would be able to see her from my window and it would all be fine and I will look after her forever. And what I've had to do is listen to her and really think. And, 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 and as soon as she started talking about it, my gut reaction was absolutely no way. There is no way we're going near supported living. Like, absolutely not. And then um, we started talking about it with social services and, and with her social worker and that sort of thing. And it just became really apparent that her skills so far, she's been so badly let down by the education system that she doesn't have the skills to live even in supported living. Mm. I adore her. She's complicated to live with, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of, and I know that my fear is that I know the level of 
patience and tolerance that people need to live with her. And I, I really worry that other people don't have, you know, if you don't love her like I love her, that people will just be like, bloody hell, she's a nightmare, you know. And that is the thing that has sort of kind of held me back from, do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah, that. Yeah. So she needs skills. She needs the social skills, which is why the college stuff came about. So Tracy, in a nutshell, uh, no, I'm doing it. No, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm doing it because I'm lucky enough for her to have been able to tell me that it's what she wants. And then the longer the process has gone on, the more the two things have happened. The first is that I'm recognizing that I'm not going to live forever, mm-hmm. and if I'm not here, like you, like Tracy, if I die. There's not an if, is there? So when when I die, where will she be? You know, like kind of she, I have to, like, I need to channel my energy into getting her set up within her community mm-hmm. so that she's like, if I die, then she's, then she's all right. And the second thing that's happened is I'm starting to get like little glimmers of excitement about, <laughs> not for her. I know, not like that. God's sake. <laughs> But for, but for me, because like, yeah. but that's what that's what tipped me over the edge. That's what sent me to the therapist. Was well, that the I excitement, thought, the glimmers, yeah, the little flutters. Not <laughs> that far, but the um, like these little moments where I thought, actually, like, I could have another life. I could, I could have like the next chapter of my mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. and she could, she could have the next chapter of hers, and it might actually that we're both okay, yeah. and then it's for both of us yeah could be a really good thing that's like like i say that's what tipped me over the edge sent me to the therapist yeah (laughs) but transition is hard i think there you go i think there is more around adaptation than acceptance and this is another season of adaptation adapting to a different version of what the best looks like for you um and i have i really work hard at trying not to have shame on choosing the best for me yeah in a situation you know, yeah. again, that's back to modelling how I want my children to feel. They, they, the adulthoods that they deserve, and that comes with saying, grown-ups have rights to, mm, <laughs> you know, absolutely. and rights to a good life. And I think that thinking about that trust around trust and support it, like having her not here where I can see her every day and I can check that she's had the medication that she's that she's got the hat, you know, like because of it, you know, all of the stuff. I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. But but I am far less naive than I used to be. Mm. And I'm hoping that if things are not quite right, that I have now got the skills to be able to raise that without losing my shit. Mm-hmm. But I know that I won't just let it go because I want everybody to like us. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Fantastic. Uh, Joe, do you want to tell us your question? My question was, have you got any wisdom about finding PAs? We have recently moved from having kind of an agency coming to do some care um, and some, well, babysitting was the service really, yeah. to getting a personal budget. And as yet, we haven't spent any of it because we thought we had a PA and it's fallen through. And mm. but, yeah, I just kind of don't know where to start and I'm a bit nervous about it. Nobody can do it as well as I can. Obviously, nobody can do it as well as you. That is the truth. But they can't. They can't. So everyone else is a letdown. So we could start on that premise 
first of all. So the PAs that we have had and we continue to get are lots of them through school and people connected to school. So the people, the school people, then know people. And the some of the people that have worked with my son have been around for a long time. We have a Facebook kind of carers connection page that we often put ads on but that feels more scary when you're then kind of doing references and doing dbs checks and trying to orientate people and i've got um i do have like contract and i do have interview form that i do and i can probably share some of those things i could put them on the website and share some of those things just and policies and stuff like that because you know all those things kind of need to be in place and they are there but we stopped using agency a long time ago because I hated not having the control and the choice. Surprising that. Wouldn't suggest you wouldn't guess that from my personality, would you? Lucy does most of our sort of recruiting and stuff now. Um not our Lucy. No, a different Lucy, the Lucy that my Lucy. My Lucy who's one of us. She does a lot of the recruiting and stuff and we are just massively you know, totally won the lottery in her being in our life and our family. So yeah, we're a bit lucky on that one. You advertise on Facebook and stuff like that yeah, as well, Yeah, we don't advertise you? on Facebook. Yeah. Um, share that on things and and people who know people. So Facebook, mm. there are, ours is called Essex Connections. And I don't know whether there's anything like that near you. And yeah, just just on the ordinary Facebook page, because all it takes is someone you know to know someone you know, you know, and that's the nicest way around. And Typically, I like to try to, it's a little bit more work, is the having more people do less hours because of the flexibility rather than one person doing lots because then you kind of, as soon as that person goes and you've not got anybody else and you get a better sort of spread. Um, Tracy's just put in the chat, a good source is your local parent care foreman, parent forum. So that's a good shout as well. Our local Staffordshire Connects has a section on their website that's like help finding a PA. So sometimes through your social worker, there might be a service that, and the day service that Abby used to go to, which was brilliant, it just wasn't quite right for her. They also offered a PA matching service. So it might be worth approaching kind of day opportunity places and just seeing whether they offer some sort of matching service but again like we've had very limited experience with PAs and uh, we did have a time with agency nightmare absolute total and utter nightmare you know like kind of yeah again for the people that are listening in Sarah is just frantically shaking her head (laughs) (laughs) there's probably lovely for you know probably lovely agency workers out there but we're all control freaks let's be honest so it's much better and we do training we do training for our PAs ourselves, and we also get training in so we get a a practice and I do the training with all the carers so we've all got the same thing and we're all getting the same story so you know health and safety and manual handling it's not called manual handling but you know what it is and epilepsy and um basic life support and all that sort of stuff we get somebody in to deliver training
Born at the Right Time is a proud partner of Simple Stuff Works. Together, we champion the protection of people's bodies through engaging and enjoyable training, looking at 24-hour postural care and specifically the importance of lying support. Whether you're a novice wanting a short three-hour online course taking you through the basics, a specialist practitioner needing comprehensive training or anything in between, we have a range of CPD certified courses just for you. Find out more at www.bornattherighttime.com where we give you the language, skills and confidence to protect people through excellence in 24-hour postural care. Okay. We've got a couple of anonymous questions to finish on. Okay, Sarah. So the first one is, can we talk puberty? Is it appropriate to shave your child's pubes? Okay. So no one warns you about this. No. There are, writer says, but all of a sudden they're teenagers, they're still wearing pads, and the only way to make cleanup operations down there any easier is with a trim. And it just feels weird. Is this a thing? Is it weird? Any personal care advice? Number one, no, it's not weird. And number two, yes, it is totally. Puberty utterly threw me, not my own puberty. Actually, that did as well. That was just weird. But I had a proper wobble emotionally when my son started going through puberty because cognitively and physically he was obviously not turning into the young man that I expected. And yet his body was making these changes. And it really shook me. And I didn't like how it affected me because I felt guilty about the emotional reaction that I was having because I didn't think it was fair on him and it wasn't honouring him and it wasn't... But it did really, really kind of throw me. It kind of felt like we were being duped somehow like like his it was like some teaser that there was this thing that kind of should have been on his horizon as and just wasn't actually in real terms so I think puberty is a really really tricky transition obviously I've got a boy and so there's all sorts of things that can happen there and uh, he uses the toilet so very rarely does he need a proper clean up but we still do sometimes and yes the shaver comes out the kind of beard trimmer (laughs) my husband's beard trimmer (laughs) don't tell him but that comes out and goes all around the part because yeah I think it's dignity and it's it's about absolutely trim so that it's less traumatic when you need to be making everything so much better to it to be clean and sorted than caked in hair stuff yeah totally yeah and that's without going near periods that's a whole other thing yeah that is a whole other thing so in our situation so from a period point of view what was difficult was that she can manage towels sanitary towels but then she forgets like kind of the sort of sorting them out afterwards so that so that like kind of you're in the bathroom and you know, and you've got siblings that are like, oh, you know, and it's just, so it was, it was tricky. And then what we discovered was period underwear. Yeah. I've heard and that was recently. a real game changer for us was, mm. it was the period underwear. And I think it was just about giving her a little bit more 
dignity really because she could manage she could she could manage like 90% of the practicalities but because she couldn't manage all of it it was difficult you know mm. so so it was yeah that was a bit of a game changer we used the moddy body I feel like there's a puberty episode that we could do oh 100% because it's yeah it's just another thing that we don't that we don't talk about and when our children are so reliant on us and we're kind of feeling our way through maybe there are some ways mm. that we could support hidden tips okay we're going to finish on sex so Always. another anonymous how on the earth do you maintain a relationship when you've got carers wide awake in your house all night it's like trying to have sex with when your mum and dad are in the next bedroom and all i can say is heck yes so this is why we got an ensuite built a few years ago because I post-sex need to go to the loo and do a wee so I don't end up with some horrible UTI. It's horribly embarrassing when you've gone and brushed your teeth, you've got your hair done, you know, you've got into your PJs, you go to bed and, oh, I just need to go to the toilet again. 15 minutes after I've just gone to bed and I'd be like I'm sure the carers know on the nights that I suddenly slink out of the bedroom <laughs> about 14 minutes and 32 seconds after I've gone in <laughs> they know exactly what's been going on because we live in a bungalow so it's it's all we're just there just there hiya just pop into the loo again for no good reason. Doopy doo. I forgot. You know I forgot me. to go for a wee. It's a daisy. But yeah, it's true. It's tricky. Carers. So my husband and I have days off during the week when no one's around, ideally. Yeah, I might edit all that out. No, I shouldn't edit all that out. <laughs> But um, it's, do you know what? It's one of those things that nobody ever talks about, though. Yeah, it's true. It's another thing that nobody ever talks about, like puberty, like, you know, because mm-hmm. we're all British, so that none of that happens, you know. Um. <laughs> yeah. Just even that maintaining kind of affection and relationship and connection when you have carers around and when you have people in your in and out of your house all day, when you sh- you suddenly have to share your life in a very different way. And it does impact relationships and it impacts intimacy, 100%. As well as the intimacy, so many friends talk about how difficult it is to argue as well. It's mm. not just like the, it's not just the positive stuff. It's like, mm. how do you have an argument when people are there? And how do you... Scream at your kids. Obviously, you yeah. don't scream at your kids. Obviously, your other kids. Obviously not. Obviously not. not at all. But how do you do any of that stuff that, that you normally would would the normal stuff but that mm-hmm. we don't generally see each other doing those ugly bits of us yeah. that we all have yeah it's very true yeah. it's that back to that the goldfish bowl episode like it's not necessarily the practitioners and the professionals who are coming to assess and scrutinize but just the people who are there to help and support are also the people who yeah get to witness parts of life you know i talk about it in the training and stuff that i do that it's just there's so many parts of your life that you just expected to be in control of and then suddenly everybody else has an opinion about how you're supposed to be doing it or just getting to watch you 
do it badly. <laughs> yeah. Parenting poorly, yeah. being grumpy, like snot across your face first thing in the morning, bad hair day, you know, still in your dressing gown when you're wandering around because the night care is still there or, yeah, it's the night carers turn up and, you know, getting ready to go to bed. And it's just, there's a whole level of invasion. So, yeah, probably another one. <laughs> Tracy's saying the carers are a good excuse to say no. <laughs> it's the uh, parent care alternative to, I've got a headache. Oh, there's a care in the house. Oh, there you go. So uh, Rena's saying um, that she knows when her kids are comfortable with a new carer because that's when they start shouting as they do normally. <laughs> um, and that's when the carers made it into uh, the past the stranger zone into the friend zone of my kids will let rip. <laughs> the inner sanctum <laughs> the of inner family sanctum life. <laughs> of full throttle arguing. Love it. Well, ladies, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us this week. It has been lovely to meet you. And thank you for your questions, everybody who's written in or sent in things or attended uh, this event. But we uh, really, really do appreciate the people that listen each week and those that um, support the podcast in lots of different ways. We are working really hard to continue next season with lots more people and chat around all the things that doesn't get told about so that we can share our stories feel a little more connected and a little more understood so thank you that everybody that's here thank you sarah for your wisdom thank you. again wisdom and, uh, wisdom <laughs> all right and thanks for showing up <laughs> yeah i was here uh, she was, I was here. here i talked <laughs> all right and uh, we'll see you again another time take bye. care everyone thank you bye 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 the Skies Wonder podcast is a Born at the Right Time production supported by the expert studio assistants of Podshop. Thanks to our wonderful guests for sharing their stories and very precious time. And special thanks to the generosity of listeners whose donations have helped make this podcast. We would love it if you could like, follow and review the podcast wherever you listen. As part of season two, we have some great live events, including the really ropey idea of Sarah, Lucy and I being your agony aunts. Email your stories, comments and questions either to tswupodcast at gmail.com to join in or follow us on Instagram at born at right time. We love you joining us for the ride as we hurtle along this off-piste version of parenting. It's so much better when we do it together. Whatever skies, we're under.